quickly say something controversial. Hello and welcome, Hello, welcome back. back. You're a prick. You just you just completely <laughs> ruined my intro. Sorry. Right, Hello. Listen. Hello and welcome back to the pineapple. <sighs> Right, I'm ready, sorry. Just immature, isn't it, really? Just immature. Hello, and welcome back to the Pint of Politics podcast. This is episode number 34. I'm joined by, uh, you already heard his voice, Sam Howard. How are you, mate? I'm brilliant, mate. How are you? I, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm a bit bored, to be honest. I've had a, cu- yeah. a couple of days of work, so... Because I've left Leeds. Yeah, it's no one left, left for you now. I know, nothing left for me. No point in me being here. Um, Isn't Joel still with her? Yeah, he does. Yeah, like, but Joel, Joel though. Joel's like nocturnal. He's, he's sort of, you know, he, he does. He's got a weird sleeping pattern. And if you're not going out and like clubbing and <laughs> stuff, then he's not interested. And, and to be got, fair, even despite that, he's a bit of a helmet as well. Yeah, he's a prick. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're also joined again. You've already heard his voice, uh, so there's no surprises here. We're joined by Liam. How are you, mate? Yeah, very, very good, mate. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. We should uh, we should congratulate you, really, shouldn't we, on on starting your new job? Thanks a this lot, week. Guys. You've gone from uh, you know a very noble trade of helping people to um, you know helping uh, very wealthy bastards move their money about and uh, be a bit. No, I'm joking. He's, you're not you're not doing tax fraud, so it's all good. Well, are you? I don't know. I've been the uh, last few days. Uh... <laughs> There has been a couple of people who have got businesses in the Cayman Islands and in other <laughs> dodgy places. But disclaimer, all opinions said on this podcast are my own and not of my employer. There you go. That's what you said. Who's your employer and where, what's yeah, your like address? I'm going to fucking announce on here where I work. <laughs> it's fine. People really know where I work, but I don't really give a shit. You work in a, a pub. I work in a pub, not for like some sort of big, uh, big company. Anyway. Um, what are we drinking, Sam? What's what's on the menu, um, mate? After Liam's raving about it earlier, I've gone for the, uh, the Paulina. How you nice. pronounce it, it? Yeah, yeah, Paulina. I think it's it's quite nice to be fair. We sell out yeah, of work. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. Nice sort of. Can't go wrong with a nice German. And when I like, finished that, I've got you a even got a Stein as well. I know he has got a Stein. Look at that. That's very yeah, fucking very posh. Wow. There we go, Liam. What about you, mate? Yeah, likewise. Here, to be fair. Have you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was saying um, before to you guys, when I like the first time I ever saw it was when I went to Munich last year, and I was like, "Oh, I wish we sold that in uh, in the UK." And then, like weirdly enough, all of a sudden, I like went in this random corner shop and I saw it in there, and then I just started seeing it everywhere, like on drafting pubs. And now, even my local Tesco sells it, so I'd like to think that I brought it back with me. Probably didn't, but you definitely didn't. Definitely didn't. Um, I'm it, mate. I'm yeah, no, you claim it. Claim it if you want, mate. I saw it first, so fuck everyone else. I am, uh, yeah, I'm drinking a, it's, it's a new one. I've never tried it before. I haven't, it's been a while since I've tried a completely new beer on here. Well, this is an IPA, actually. It's from Brewdog. It's called Duopolis, uh, and it's a double dry hop IPA. And it's quite nice. It's 4.7%. It's only a little can, so I've got two of them, you know, just to, just to tide my thirst over. Um, yeah, it's quite nice, quite nice colour on it. Um, and it tastes quite nice so um, yeah that's a, that's a new one that was in in Sainsbury's for I think it was like £5 for a little four pack of them so so we're all happy with our beer choices then yeah man all good we're not you know it's all, all very uh, all very nice um, what are we going to talk about first we're going to talk about um, the mental weather we've been having recently that's what we're going to talk about no this is not British. now <laughs> yeah this is British thing <laughs> Yeah, it is, isn't it? Like we love we love moaning about the weather, but I mean as I speak, it's meant to be thunderstorming and it's not it's not actually thunderstorming in Leeds at the moment, but it's it's been a bit, you know, a bit dodgy. Um and obviously we've had heat waves and things. Now a lot of this weather has brought to the fore a lot of conversation about climate change. Um so you know, obviously, you know, we're not gonna debate whether climate change is real or not. We're not we're not one of those one of those people. Um but we are Gonna, gonna ask you guys. You know, to what extent, when you're sort of going to the ballot box, um, I know it's been a couple of years since that's happened, but to what extent is that um, an important issue? To what extent are you looking at the parties and thinking, right, who's prioritising this issue, um, and who is, you know, who's going to do the most for it? What, to what extent do you look at, Liam? What about what, what for yourself? Um, yeah, I do think it's important. Obviously, I mean. 
it's not like the top priority for me personally on when I go to vote, but I do think it is high up on my priority. I mean, for me, it's like, I mean, how many times I have to ring on about affordable housing for people, jobs, et cetera, et cetera. They, these are the sort of things I think about, fair economy, things like that are what I think about. But I'd say after that, it's got to be things like, yeah, climate change it is important because obviously we all live here and going the rate that we're going, the planet is going to die probably not in our lifetime, but our kids and grandkids are going to have a pretty pretty rough time of it. They're not going to be able to go out and enjoy things like we can, just like, I don't know, fucking about and going to the pub or whatever. Mm. They're going to have to think about serious change in society or there's just, the, well, the planet is going to die, basically. I think uh, no one's disputing that unless you're just a, like a lunatic, I suppose. Yeah. yeah I suppose I, should, I probably should like worry about it a lot more than I am. I mean, even with the weather recently, Every day I'm like, yeah, the sun's out, let's go for a bit. And you don't really think about it as much as you should of like, this is actually a sign of something that's really bad's going to happen. We all yeah. just probably enjoy it a bit more than we should. But to be fair, we do live in England where most of the time it rains. So we can't be blamed for, for wanting to go out and enjoy have a laugh, can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just nah. enjoy the sun, man. And you, do you know what, actually, you always do get that knobhead who puts on social media, or is it the pub like, yeah, but the planet's going to die. And, that, and I'm, everyone's just like, fuck off, mate. Just let me enjoy my beer, please. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I think it's an interesting point. And I'll come back to you, Sam. But like, do you think that there's maybe, I mean, this is an open question as well to both of you. Is like, Do you think there's maybe a temptation? Like you say, Liam, you mentioned that we're, we're doing some quite, you know, quite significant harm to the planet um, as, as, a, as, a, as a human race. Um, but do you think there's sort of a temptation to not care about it because the consequences of our actions probably aren't going to be seen in our lifetime. Sam, what do you think about that? Are you, are you, would you say you're potentially guilty of that or, or you know, do you think other people are? Well, as in like, oh, it just, it's not going to affect me personally. So yeah. I Cause I mean, person from a, from a personal perspective, I think humans are very selfish and I think I'm, oh, I'm yeah. quite selfish. We're all selfish. I think to an extent. Um, and I'd be lying if I, if I, if I I'd, obviously I think everyone would be more worried if this was a thing we would have to face in our lifetime and it would probably motivate you more to do something about it I think that's probably the same for most people yeah um, you know what do you think about it though do you think it's just people who who just sort of genuinely like you know what? I don't give a shit because it's not really gonna come to a head one I when think, I'm on this planet yeah I think maybe in the um, older generations that's particularly true I think with us it's kind of different I think our generation, uh, we, we, I think we, we still have to face some challenges that people, uh, that even our parents wouldn't have had to face. So I think we're more conscious and wanting to do more. When I go to the ballot box, I'm not sure it's like the necessary, the only thing that's sort of probably not even the main thing that's on my mind, mainly because particularly in the 2019, both parties to me seem to be very, seem to be offering very similar things in regard to like, we want to, we want to clean the planet, we want to help, we want to solve climate change. Both parties can be promising that. So I think, governments now are going to be held to a level where they have to. But Can yeah. I just say, like, I think yeah. that climate change in general is above like what any political party could do. I mean, like not to just sound like a fucking broken record, but like no, no matter where, no matter where, what way you look at it, the problem that, that's affected the climate change is capitalism gone mad in terms of big business polluting the atmosphere. So you see these things on TV, like, oh, turn your light off, oh, use like cardboard straws. And yet, like little bits, of course, you should do your thing to help. But all in all, it's a drop in the ocean. The, the reason that climate change is, is as bad as it is, is obviously flying, which we're all guilty of. We all love to go on holiday. We love going abroad. But even more than that, it's like red, it's like um, red meat farming and yeah. pollution from factories and things that are associated with, with capitalism, basically, with... Like, this is me trying to be completely neutral. Communist. Like, sure. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? like, I'm trying to give a complete... This is like me being unbiased about it. This no, is, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with why it's got so bad is just the, the need for people to make as much money as possible has resulted in, like, well, it's greed, isn't it? Like, look at the amount of waste, especially that's associated with the things that I've just said. Mm. Um, but this is the issue. So it's above politics. So it doesn't really matter whether you vote for Conservative, Labour, even the Greens. I mean, I'd love it if the Greens managed to get a few seats and whatever and maybe had a little plan. But it's above that now. It's gone too far. That I, I think it is pretty much irreversible just due to corporate greed more than anything else. So by all means, do your bit, like turn your light off, try and eat more sustainably, blah, blah, blah. But 
it's kind of futile at this point. And yeah. going back to the point of what you said about um, we are like, yeah, we're, we're selfish. It's going to get to a stage where like for us, it's like, oh, well, we will have to make a change or else our kids are going to suffer this. It's going to get to the point where when our kids are our age or a bit old, it's going to be you either sort this out or you're all going to die. So they're going to have to sort it out or they're going to die. So it's different for them. It's, it's all good for us about, yeah, we should do this to look for future generations, but they are actually going to have to, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the point as well. And and going back to the main point about um, sort of what can we do as people? Um, I think you're right. You know, you, by all means, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, do whatever you want, you know, leave... Yeah, get planes everywhere for no reason, like Boris Johnson did, incidentally, for the G7 summit in Cornwall. Um, nice. But, you know, little... Uh, I had to get that in. No, I had to get that in because I, I saw a tweet, actually, I think it was just today, where it was saying, like, Boris Johnson's encouraging, uh, like, uh, some some sort of environmental change that we can make as people uh, on an individual level. And then someone just put, well you flew to a press conference, yeah. to a sort of summit, you know what I mean? Anyway. A, a summit which the main issue they're debating was about climate change. Well, climate change, yeah. absolute pure irony. And that goes back to the root of the problem. That's why I agree with you, Liam, is the fact that actually people individually, we can't do as much as is necessary. And it does come down to these massive businesses, these massive corporations. They have they have a moral duty. And I know like these big businesses don't, particularly care much about morals but they have a moral duty to protect the environment and and operate in an environmentally sustainable way um how that's achieved and how that's regulated is a different different story and a different matter but i i don't you know me not eating uh red meat is not going to cause you know, all the climate change problem just to go away. You know what I mean? It, it is definitely a, a, a bigger issue. And I think it, like you say, it is beyond politics. Um, I, I I think it's one of the biggest issue. It's the biggest issue facing the world. Uh, there's there's no issue that unites. Easily. That unites the international, on an international level. There's no issue that's more important than this because we are all doing it there's no like it's not like it's a couple of countries who are doing it all every single country has you know obviously to varying extents we're all doing it and we're all going to have to answer for the consequences of it and i think it needs far more attention essentially um, so it brings me back to um Connor, when we first right, one of the very first things we did was like oh what well, was trump's sorry one of the very first um podcast we did was just for when trump got removed from office and we're like oh what uh what was your favorite trump moment and the thing that the answer i gave was when he gave the um quote it was like oh well china's not doing enough to what to combat global warming and I'll, i'm gonna tell you something because it, it it spreads out all the, all the chemicals spread out so why yeah. should we not do our bit then why should we restrict our capacities when china's yeah. not doing it either and like that was like it's it's it's, it's a yes it's a united effort but just be like all it takes is people like America, a state like America, it won't be them, but like, like the G7 to lead the path first and then hopefully we can slowly start turning this around. Yeah. Just to, just to chime in as well, just uh, going back to the whole um, it's above politics, maybe I was slightly wrong on that. I am, I am right to a certain extent, but one thing that I will say where this is very much could be done by, by political parties, not just in the UK, but all over the world. Well, I'm going to use the UK as a main example just because of one thing that I've noticed about this country compared to others is the price of sustainable travel, like the trains here, is a complete joke. It's yeah. so expensive. So people just go, oh, I'll just drive. Mm. And that in itself is adding to the problem. I mean, I think I said it on the podcast before, but when I went to Italy, I got a train for like an hour and a half. And it was like one euro ten or something. It was yeah. nothing. And the trains were all packed there. I mean, people were driving like maniacs as well. But the point being, people were using the trains a lot there. All it would take, like, well, not all it would take, but one of the main things that, that if if the world sort of got together, or especially all these developed countries which have ridiculously good um, transport uh, train systems, if they just said, right, train train travel is free for everyone, like trains, and I mean, it's it's um, it's radical, it's 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 uh, environmentally radical that the things that I'm going to say now, but it, it sort of feels like this is something that would need to be done if the whole uh, if all of the developed countries in the West or wherever, said, right, all train travel is free now for everyone. We're going to focus on just putting as many trains on the line as possible to try and 
put people off driving and getting buses or whatever. It's all free now. I bet you the sort of overnight, the pollution would just be the, the pollution. Uh, the end of the pollution would just be. Would well, be you not. saw it over COVID as well, didn't you? When we people just stay at home, the melted exactly. That's what I mean. So, so imagine if all these countries just said, right, all train travel is free now. It would, it would uh, take such a huge chunk out of the the, the CO two emissions or whatever. what is it? The I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah, too yeah, yeah. rushed up on yeah, it. It's CO two. It would take such a chunk out of CO two emissions out of the atmosphere overnight. And imagine if they all did that as well, like you just said then about it. We need some of these more developed countries being the leading light of showing that they care enough to do it. If some of these countries just decided to do that overnight it would then sort of make these other countries brush up as well. Because yeah. it's like, bloody hell, if the big boys are doing it, then the little guys would be like, well, we, we should probably follow suit. Because even the big, yeah. guys are the, the big guys are the one making all the pollution anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even, if, even if places like these less developed worlds, less developed worlds, less developed countries, even if they can't afford to do these steps, it, it, it's the, the, the bunch of pollution, is so the, so the bulk of the pollution is coming from these, well, us, these waste western developed countries or yeah. like China. So yeah, exactly. I, I think it's an interesting point that's raised as well about the the cost of living your life in a more sustainable way. And I think it's you know like some like when I saw if you mentioned trains there. I mean going back to trains, I'm going to Edinburgh in a couple of weeks. Um for me and Danielle sort of a return ticket from Leeds to Edinburgh is yeah, Edinburgh though. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, Scotland. Sorry. No, we no. We, the we was uh, there was gonna there was meant to be a oh, gig there. Yeah, 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 the gig. Yeah, yeah. it's been cancelled, but we just thought we'll go anyway. Edinburgh is a nice place, apart from the the people. What's wrong with Scottish people? <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to wind you up there. You're trying to wind me up. Um, but yeah, no, like trains there. So a return train costs us 140 quid for two people, and that's with rail cars as well. Bloody hell! Absolutely. You can fly for less. I'm not oh, no, not 140. Fly. 100 and. 110 or 15 anyway still ridiculous you could get for this yeah from Gatwick to Edinburgh I flew there it cost us 20 pounds a person yeah but, yeah I did think about flying but then I was like well, I'd have to get down to London and yeah you, don't, you won't get a flight from Leeds Bradford would you no you wouldn't um, anyway also, that's bad for the environment that is bad for the environment that's why we're getting the train because I'm like <laughs> environmentally conscientious but no this is a point I think it's, it's harder for people to live their lives in a sustainable way often if you're, you know, someone who can't afford these, you know, even like going vegan or going vegetarian, right? That's often encouraged as like a more environmentally sustainable way to live your life. Granted, it is, but by the same coin, it's also more expensive. Vegetarian food, unless you're, if you get in, if you're trying to get all the, you know, right nutrients to live a vegetarian diet, even a vegan diet, it's a lot more expensive than it is. Uh, you know getting meat and things like that it just is that's that's the way it is and that's obviously as a terror obviously some people can afford to do that and by all means crack on but for people who are you know like largely working class even people like me i if i just decided to go vegetarian or you know even vegan i'll probably add at least another 20 quid onto my food bill every week you know what i mean so it is all about like trying to make these things trying to encourage these things and make them more easily accessible for people it's it's all well and good saying right yeah get the train but when it costs like five quid for a 10 minute journey uh, you know what's people aren't going to do that are they they're gonna get the bus which costs them like a couple of quid um it's yeah it's it's all a bit wrong i think or and, uh, get off your fat ass and walk or walk or, uh, <laughs> yeah. walk, walk from manchester to london yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, could add some extra tricks. You could see some nice places. Yeah, do a bit of a hike. No, I was talking about the, uh, I was talking about like the five, the ten minute journeys. When I was in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just getting sit when I was in, uh, yeah, headed a high part to walk from walks like a forty minute, but the train cost me five pounds. So, like, might as well just walk yeah. it. But to be fair, not every city is like that. Like Leeds is quite is just quite a small city. I think in terms of you know where a lot of people live, where a lot of the residential areas are, and the walk into town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even now, like I'm, I would say, I'm a bit further out. But even still, it probably only take me about thirty minutes. minutes. Not even well, probably about 35, 40 minutes to get into town. Yeah. Um, whereas like somewhere like Manchester is a lot bigger. But anyway, we're we're, we're getting getting distracted. Um, essentially, it seems we all agree that uh, you know we need to sort this out. We need to get get something going. I'll finish on the last question, um, just for this particular topic. What's the most extreme weather you've ever experienced? 
extreme is in extremely fucking cold or extreme is in extremely hot? Um, well, ne- neither. Well, it was extremely hot, but um, the most extreme weather I've ever witnessed was when um, I went to America. I think it was two years ago. It must have been because of the pandemic. It was like two years ago. And um, yeah, I went to Florida for two weeks. So uh, my uncle's got like family. Well, they're basically like family who live in Orlando. Um, so we were staying with them. But I decided uh, to book me and the missus to go uh, to Miami for a couple of days. And anyway, oh, we got on the coach and there was this crazy thunderstorm whilst we were on the coach. And my missus managed to sleep for it all for like the five hour ride or whatever it was. But I just stayed up watching it in complete awe. And you could literally see like, the amount of like lightning that was just shooting out the clouds and you could see it hitting the, the turf near us and that. Oh, and I was like, Bloody hell. But it was just, it was man- mental, mate. And that's probably the craziest I've ever seen. The hottest yeah. I've ever been in was in Australia. That was like 45 degrees or something. Bloody it wasn't hell. even enjoyable. Even there or Las Vegas in terms of heat. But in terms of like most extreme weather, I'd have to say, yeah, uh, yeah. the trip the trip between Orlando and Miami, mate. Good shout. But like when I, when I was... um in Croatia about two three years ago like Liam said a massive like massive thunder I know Dominican Republic like a massive thunderstorm hang on how did you get Croatia confused with the Dominican Republic right because I was going to say Croatia for for a thunderstorm I was like oh shit hang on no the Dominican Republic right okay Um, when you're a culture man like me mate you just get confused oh yeah I forgot yeah Um, I don't don't have the money to fly to the Caribbean mate so but um yeah, it was like it was one of those ones. It was just like mental. It was like you see it, you saw this like tropical storm coming in over the bay, and it was it was horrendous. But um, but the coldest was when I um, was skiing a couple of years ago, and that oh, was... <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> oh yeah, like it was so cold, like. I can't oh, believe it. Oh my, my gap, yeah. My Gucci gloves, like they were, I had to wear them like all the time. Do I Gucci gloves ski? I, I put a bottle, of, I put a bottle of champagne uh, on the porch, and it just froze. I was like, wow. Right. So Even mummy was saying how chilly it was. No, mum doesn't ski. Shut up. It's a stupid joke. Daddy, daddy, I can't find my Canada goose coat. <laughs> <laughs> It's over by the bottles of Remy Martin, Sam. <laughs> you left it next to your Hunter Wellingtons. <laughs> Could you please go and get the Cristal for breakfast? <laughs> oh, he's leaving. He's walking <laughs> off. He's doing a Piers Morgan. <laughs> he's done a Piers Morgan. He's off. Um, off. Most, the most extreme weather I've experienced, uh, probably just when it, when I was in Egypt and it was just absolutely disgustingly hot in the afternoon. Um, rank. Didn't go out. Oh, so we go at me for like traveling. You've got to Egypt. Up into Egypt, yeah. It's a steady trip. I you didn't go from for the it. Caribbean to skiing, to be fair, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you did. The Caribbean's definitely more expensive. Egypt, I don't know. How yeah, but I didn't, I didn't pay for it. True. True. Exactly. That's even worse. Mummy, daddy. I didn't go by myself, though. Yeah, but how old was he? <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he's not got the money for it. He's got the readies for a Dominican Republic holiday there, is he? He's probably got a junior icer on the go, mate. <laughs> he's not even denying it. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Egypt. That was right. It, 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 it was quite nice. It was a nice hotel. I won't lie. It was, nice. it was good. Um, Where should we go on holiday next? Uh, anyway. So you can have a dream trip. Where would you go? Um, wow. fucking hell, I forgot. I didn't realize this podcast turned into like one sh- some like shitty YouTubers talking about anyway. Um, oh, you, you can glance over it. I'm just making a conversation. No, no, no. Um, the Maldives, Maldives, yeah. Yeah. for me, it's got to be either um, India, um, or Tokyo, like Japan, Tokyo. I'd love to go to to- uh, Tokyo, man. It'd be sick. I'd have to do that. I want to do Vietnam as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on about I'm going to Vietnam and Thailand next year, but we'll get. Lovely. Oh, my wi- my Wi-Fi uh, dropped out a little bit there. But I think I did get it. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no. The, I, I want to do the Maldives before it ends up underwater. Because um, that's, I think, going to happen. So, there you go. Bit, a bit of climate change discussion there. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, cool. We'll move on to the tweet of the week. Sam, what have you got for us, mate? I had a change mine this morning when I woke up and saw that uh, Femi had tweeted. Oh, fuck me. Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> I, was the, uh, I went to the first date the other week and beforehand I did this. 
and she reciprocated. So we sent off a, uh, I saw that you, 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 you know, I know you've seen it, Connor. He sent off a lateral protest to the girl that he was going to have a date with. Uh, but in the background, Liam, mate, in the background, there's uh, two suspect lines, to put it, to put it lightly. Of some uh, white, white I, substance. Hang on, let me just get a picture of my phone. I'll show you quickly. To be fair, I, on reflection, I actually think it's the reflection of the spoon that's in the background, but even still... I don't like... think it's a reflection of the spoon. Look. Ooh. Yeah, it's know. a bit close to the bone, that. I don't know. You don't know, dear. But yeah. I, it's I, obviously I, like, I, bet, I bet he's one of these anti-vaxxers as well. Like, I'm not putting something that I don't know what it is in my body, and then he's got two lines of gear on it. <laughs> no, he isn't. He's actually quite the opposite. He was in, he was in the pro-lockdown World Cup. Oh, was Femi. he? He was, yeah. yeah big oh, I'll Femi. take you back, then. He's a prick. Um, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like insanely left. I think even like Liam, you'd like he'd annoy you. Yeah, sort of outlandish things. He does. He doesn't. He's one of those people that doesn't do his cause any good. Just for the shit that he says. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people tend to do that. Um, my tweet of the week, Liam. Do you have anything actually? Um, to be fair, I saw one before that was pretty funny. Uh, it wasn't a tweet, but someone told me about it at work, so I'm gonna have to do the best I can since I'm still banned. Um, and it was just about fucking Varane signing for United and it said it's murder when Varane scores is there new chant right. murder when <laughs> I've seen that yeah murder on the dance floor murder, yeah, That's murder when good, we've got we've got murder on the dance floor on what the dance floor oh right yeah that's like a father side football team name isn't it yeah don't know why Liam's shown us his legs but I don't know oh, is it jeez look at those we need to start something else as well no <laughs> We need to start. Oh, Liam, put it away. We need to start filming these podcasts, don't we? Really, just yeah. so the audience have a sort of rough I, idea. I just saw Castro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Liam has got a tattoo of uh, Fidel Castro on his thigh for the listener. Um, anyway, my tweet of the week. Did you see the uh, fight in Asda? Oh, what the spider going around? Base Liam, did you see this? What is it? Base. <laughs> There's this video. I can't even explain it. It's just mental. And you it's it's one of these things that you wouldn't actually believe unless you saw it. Um basically a bloke in a Spider-Man outfit kicks a woman in the head who works at Asda and then knocked her out with a punch. Someone's gonna have to send me this. It's on Twitter, so I'll find it for you and I'll put it in the group chat or something. Ins- it was insane. I, it I was finished. Just, it was just mental. It yeah. was like, but it wasn't even just that. There was like a whole other thing. There was like some. There's like other videos. It was some Asda in Clapham, I think. Uh, and there was some like guy who was, who only had one leg in a wheelchair, like battering people. There was a guy dressed as <laughs> Spider Man hitting. It was so so. I have no explanation for it. It's what I think. I just woke up to. It. I was. I was like, saw it. What the hell is this? Literally, like I thought it was hallucinating. Oh, yeah, I sent you something else, mate. <laughs> but um, yeah, absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. Um, so there you go. There's the tweets of the week. Um, slash football chart of the week. Because because uh, Liam's started. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, the next oh, question. So I'm, I'm going to try and get Twitter back at some point so I can grace everyone's timelines. Well, you, well, you tried this week. What happened there? Oh, no. Yeah, like the, the proper trace your IP address and that only, and I, like I can't be asked using a VPN just for Twitter. I mean, yeah. but how could they? How could they track your IP address? But they I know, can't. Like, track I literally said like, this to someone the other day. Shocking, uh, shocking. Um, if you had to get rid of one political party in the UK, who would it be and why? Liam Mason. We will start with you. Uh, I mean, like, you'd have to go BMP, innit? I'm not sure if they're 100% still standing party, but I swear they had a candidate for the um, for the mayor- mayoral election recently. They did, they did. And it was only to, it, it was only recently that I actually found out quite how fucking dangerous they were, like what I showed you. For any, uh, for any of the listeners who uh, have got Netflix, get, uh, get onto Nail Bomber. If you'd... Honestly, oh, like, yeah. I'd yeah. never even heard of it. What's and I was it? amazed because I'd like to think that I was pr- I'm pretty Neither. like politically informed or whatever. But this is 1999, the uh, them bombs in London that that, uh, that far-right extremist guy put down and that. Never heard of it before in my life. And then I watched it and um, like how involved the BMP are in that, I was just amazed. I'd, I just thought that they were a bunch of fucking knobheads that everyone just like, oh yeah, the BMP, they might get like a few hundred votes or whatever. It's just like all the all the um, like closet racists just vote for them. But then I, I didn't realise quite how extreme and how dangerous they were. 
especially in that time. They're quite they're not quite as dangerous now. But just solely for how shocked I was at that the other day, they've got to get my vote. Yeah, fair play, fair play, good shout. Um, Sam, who you who you eliminating um, from the UK political scene? Uh, the Reclaim Party. The Reclaim Party. Simply because since Lauren uh, Lauren Fox is a knob. Apart from Agreed. COVID, that's as far as the opinions go of him. And every time I see him on Twitter, it just pisses me off even more. So, yeah, it has to be them. Just the same party. Nice. Mental case. Nice. I've got. I've gone for a bit of an outlier uh, here. Um, well, not an outlier, but maybe someone you might not expect. I've gone for Plaid Cymru because nice. I just think Welsh independence is not one not viable. Two is never going to happen. Uh, uh, that's all. That's, I think that's all that needs to be said. Really, I just think that's they're, what just, you com- say. Yeah. they're just completely obsolete. They're, I mean, I get they stand up for Welsh interests, but we've got Welsh Labour, we've got Welsh Conservatives. You know, there's still MPs who are from Wales who can stand up for the interests of Wales. Um, you know, you don't need some sort of quasi nationalist party. Uh, to, to get involved. And I mean, I'm sorry if we've got any Welsh listeners who are massive fans of, of Plaid Cymru. I just think their their cause is, is not, it's not going to gain any traction. It's not like the SNP in Scotland where there's a big movement for Scottish independence there. I don't think there's, there's, there's a not a massive... As well, isn't it? There's not a massive voice for Welsh independence, is there? And I think I Wales... Like with them as well. Hmm? Oh, go on, go on, finish what you say. No, I just gonna say that's it. There's not a massive voice for Welsh independence, so what is the point? You feel like the way to deal with them is just give them a fucking slap on the arse and tell them to get back on the corner or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like fuck off. It's it's not. I think I think we should let them be independent just for a year, just see how horrifically like, it goes. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm. I just. I mean, to be fair, if I want to get rid of any, any Welsh party, it'd probably be Welsh Labour just to get rid of Mark Drakeford, but. Um, no, Plaid Cymru, they're uh, they've got to be up there. It's I just think it's not yeah. it's not a not a party with a with a cause worthwhile, you know. Yeah. But but there you go. Um yeah. So Reform Party, Plaid Cymru and the BMP are oh, being, it's the Reclaim Party. Uh yeah, sorry, the Reclaim Party. Reform is the new name for that Brexit party, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reform, Reform Oh, what's that one who what was the um party that broke out against brexit and then um change uk change uk <laughs> yeah and then yeah. and then they re- no they changed the name they were change uk and then they were like the independent group or some shit That's and then cool. i think they lasted like a 12 months it was um, I like chakra mana as well yeah i used to like him but he kind of let himself yeah. down didn't cha- he, really? yeah um chakra mana yeah. yeah good man good man well not anymore um I don't think any of them are still MPs, actually, either, which is quite funny. I think I saw a tweet that said that. Everyone, all the original 12 that broke away. Yeah. None of them are MPs anymore. All the original 12 that broke away now, no. Don't have a job. Well, they probably do have a job, but not MP anyway. Um, Probably paid quite a nice money. Let's talk. Let's talk about migrants crossing the channel. Well, migrants migrants in general, general, but every time I seem to look at the news... Uh, it's always a story. Everywhere is always a story about migrants uh, crossing the crossing the channel and things like this. Um, so you know, I've got some statistics here. So we've three three and a half thousand people, three and a half thousand migrants have crossed the channel into the UK this year so far. Last year in 2020, it was eight thousand. Um, what are our thoughts on this? Do do we think that? I'll start with you, Sam. Do you think that this is a sort of, Uh-oh. this is a legitimate, okay, maybe not it's legitimate, but do we have any sort of sense that we should be welcoming welcoming these people into our country? Or is it a case that they should be seeking out the legitimate routes to, to gain entry? There, there's an argument for both. So I think there, there is a risk with doing the, like the, avoiding these official routes in the fact that you get all these like people smugglers who do horrendous things to people which and that's that's that is a secondary issue that's i'm not trying to just just, and then with the official it does take so long people get turned down you're stuck it was remember was that that camp in calais where people just sat waiting Mm. for ages it's just i think it's such a it's a difficult argument 
it's a difficult way to pick a side, I think, because yeah, I'm, I'm not saying. Well, okay, maybe a different question for you then. Twitter. What do you what do you make of um, the Conservative Party, particularly Home Secretary Priti Patel? Uh, she's taken quite a hardline stance against these migrant crossings. What do you make of that? I think I mean there are positive. You can't. I think you have to have a strong stance to begin with. You because people still end up slipping through. But we need if we how you said eight thousand or twelve thousand. It was eight thousand last year, three and a half thousand this year so far. Okay, I thought I thought I had eight and twelve. I was like Jesus. No, no, no. Um, no, there is this. There is an argument. Yes, there is in the best interest of these people to go for the official routes because then they get proper verifications. They get checks. They don't have. Um, they're not going to these people smuggling organisations. And there is this other argument. I know it's a very small, minute percentage but there is a national security argument to look into because we might not know who these people are what routes they've taken yeah, yeah no i, I accept that yeah. come across and i'm not saying and i'm not going to be like one of these people like no no one else can enter this country no no no, no. but i'm just saying look, and i think the concern i think the government has like started saying they're going to go with this policy where oh you can only enter if you're going to be a benefit to the country or so i think that's a, an argument gonna be, that's probably a step too far you should allow if people are wanting to come to this country for a better life allow them in but don't allow these people just to be entering willy-nilly or not willy-nilly i know they've gone to the treacherous path to get here but but let it be through the official routes it's pretty my yeah standpoint i'll take fair play fair play liam what's uh what's your views on this this particular issue right so i understand what sam's saying about um yeah the people smuggling obviously you, you want to deter things like that from going on I also understand the national security thing because at the end of the day, you do want to know who's coming to your shores, basically. Um, but my opinion on it, I'll give you three guesses what my opinion on it is. Uh, my opinion on it is... I, I, don't, like, I, don't, I don't need three guesses. Three guesses <laughs> I feel like it's just such um, like a non-story. I feel like the, 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 the media play on it a lot more. Like, like they make it out to be worse than it is to try and rile people up to basically have perceptions on um, migrants as a whole, not just illegal immigrants. Obviously, I'm in favour of um, a, a legal migration system. I don't think that you should just let people in willy-nilly because, well, for what I said before, it poses risks and stuff. Um, but, yeah, if you look at, like, the amount of actual, like, illegal immigrants or migrants or whatever we get who are refugees, for example, compared to all of the countries, we have by far the lowest. Like, by far, by far the lowest. And it's like... It's just such a non-story that I feel is blown up to like for well, again the reasons that I've just said. But yeah, I, like if someone says, "Oh well, I'm worried about this because I feel like it's a security risk." Fair enough, that's a valid argument. I have no problem with that. If people are like, "I'm worried about this because we're being overrun," then I'm like, "Mate, have a day off." You know what I mean? It's like you, you hear that argument a lot. It's like we are full. Britain is full. I've even seen memes of like like the UK with like a fucking like a padlock on it. It's like, we are full. And it's yeah, like, mate, yeah. like, what are you on about? They're just chatting shit. Like, and, and they just think that it should be everyone else's problem to have, to have these, have these migrants or immigrants or whatever. Um, when, I mean, we are America's little brother. We, we pay an active, we play an active role in problems in the Middle East. And a lot of these things stem from that. So it kind of, I'm not saying it's solely our mess to clean up and Europe take a lot in. I mean, Turkey have by far the most as well as some of the Middle Eastern countries taking the most of these people anyway. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, my point is just that I think it's overblown completely. If people have grievances about it for a valid reason, then I'll accept that and that's fine. But if you're just going to, like, try and hate on immigrants as a whole, just be based solely on the fact that, what, 8,000 last year? Come on, the population of this country is like... The UK is what sixty six million and eight thousand yeah. people have got, and it's got now three thousand this year. Yeah, three thousand. It's hard. It's a non. It's a non event for me. I mean, yeah, I, I agree, mean, actually. One thing that I do that I do think is when they come here, that there's no excuse for us not to find out these who these people are. I mean, even if they don't have documents on them, we should at least have some sort of public record on who these people claim to be, and sort of like track where they are, what they're up to. For, for national security reasons. So, yeah, we should at least have some sort of file on who this is. There's absolutely no excuse for these people coming to the shore, being met by British, I don't know, what would you call them, like, immigration police, 
and there not being some sort of documentation on their part of at least who these people claim to be. Like, I understand if people are annoyed about that, but yeah, it's just a non, non-story non completely for me, mate. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, there's a couple of points we've made here. I, firstly, I agree with you in the fact that it's it's definitely stoked up and it's made, like say, it's a mountain is made out of a molehill, I think, with this issue, um, especially by the right-wing press because they know their audience and they know this is the kind of thing that's going to rile them up. Um, you know, I'm looking at the sun, I'm looking at the Daily Mail, uh, even, the te- even the Telegraph to an extent uh, as yeah. well. Go on, Sam. No, just, no, no, I was just going to agree. Like they are they are trying to poke the bear and then these, this, in my opinion, older generations, they know they're going to get rolled up by it and they know they're going to get annoyed by it. That means they sell more, like, bad new sales and stuff like this. So if they can get any opportunity to be like, by sweet, cool, let's annoy these, these elderly people, older people, and then we can sell more papers. Perfect, sweet. Mm. Something that really worried me recently as well that I read was that Pretty Patel's plan was that she wanted to like start having like sort of these camps in was it in Jersey or the Isle of Man or something that don't technically come under like our law. So know. she was on about rounding them up and sticking them all in this thing. And like, does that not just scream problems to you? Like, surely we've um, been here before. And the thing is, I feel like the reason that Pretty Patel gets away with a lot of what she says is because of the fact that she is the child or grandchild, not sure, of, a, of an immigrant herself. The fact that she is called Pretty Patel and that she's got Indian heritage, I feel like she gets a pass a lot of the time. If she was a white guy called Dave who was 65 <laughs> and who was, who was like, went to, well, she probably went to eat in herself, but who was like generational Tory and all this, it would be seen as a lot worse than it is. But because of the fact that she is the, um, the ancestor of a migrant herself. When she comes out with these absolutely ludicrous sort of ideas, like camps in Jersey or wherever it is, or the Isle of Man, about sticking migrants in there where they're not going to be protected under our laws as much. it's That, for me, is a fascist ideology to have to deal with this. I would associate that with someone who had fascist ideals with how you deal with it. I mean, even people who were sent to right would be like, right, get them here and then sort it out when they're here, like either give them correct documentation or then send them back to their own country, which it's not what I would do personally, but I, I respect that as a normal opinion of someone who is right wing of, of the way to deal with immigration. Um, that's like, even if I don't agree with it, that is the norm. What she is put, uh, what she is like putting on the table there is not the norm. That is like it's going awesome. above and beyond what a rational person would do. She, yeah. she, the summit not right with her. She's, I think, she's dangerous. I, I think, think it's also a thing. This it's going to go weird. Wait, don't, when I say this, it's going. To, I think there's also a trend. This current government at the moment, in that they are going for the extremes in any opportunity. They, I, I'm not sure they sent. I mean, as a, I like, so I did not shovel oil for a while after this, but they seem to go to the extreme at any opportunity they can because they sense there is this maybe fear in society or. The people are a bit on edge about everything. And they say, we're going to go to the extreme. Don't worry, we're safe. We're going to make you safe. Like sending people off to an island in Jersey is what is disgusting. I don't know why. And there's this, and I, she, I think she started on the point. I think she sometimes kind of comes under a bit of a stick. There was this, the picture when she was accompanying a stop and, or a removing a people smuggler. And it was that tweet that was like, oh no, look here, she's attending, watching people get deported. And it was like, oh, the person's people smuggling a bit like that. But then, yeah, she probably gets away with quite a bit as well, because this government is allowed to say, in my opinion, what it wants at the moment, no matter how extreme, about people questioning it. So there's this whole national unity over something we're over now, or a pandemic we're, over, we're getting yeah. over now. The, yeah. main, the main thing, sorry, Connor. No, yeah. go on, mate, you go. Yeah, the main thing for me as well is like, if you compare this this current conservative government, I mean, pretty much my entire life, I've had conservative governments bar Tony Blair. Even if you compare this current Conservative government to like David Cameron's government, I mean, I wasn't a fan of David Cameron either, but in his defence and in that particular Conservative government's defence, they were just sort of like your run-of-the-mill centre-right Conservative government. They I mean, were they, they, they were a Conservative government. This isn't a Conservative Yeah, they were a Conservative government. Like they, they, to be fair to them, they were like the, the, I think they were the main ball players in certain gay rights in terms of marriage yeah. or something, was yeah. under David Cameron's government. Yeah, so. Yeah. Like, say what you like about him, uh, me being a lefty or whatever, but, like, fair play, that's, that's like, a progressive thing to do. And that is, like, um, a, a normal, what I would consider, centre-right Conservative government, which is up, upholding British values and blah, 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 the rest of it that comes with being a centre-right Conservative. I have no issue with that, even if I disagree with it. I don't have a particular issue with that. I just respect the fact that 
more people have that opinion than me in the country. And that's how democracy works. So, yeah, fair enough. This, what we've got at the minute with this government is, it's just completely above and beyond. And it's it's crazy that this is even happening in this country. Because if you look at our history in terms of, well, wars and stuff, like re, like recent history wars with, with the Nazis and that, like I'm not quite saying that these are quite on that level. But there's certain things that you see in in this government that is linked with with far-right governments from over the years, like putting people on an island who are foreign or whatever, whether they're legally or illegally, to stick them all in one thing and just be like, right, it's all hush-hush, what's going to go on with them? That's so dangerous and fascist, it's crazy. It that like Bay to me, Guantanamo Bay-esque to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Like, that, that's... Yeah. That's even coming up in, as an idea in this country. Yeah, it's mental, and I, I think there's 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 a whole argument about humanity to be made here. You know, we're we're very lucky here in you know we we all live we're all born in the in the United Kingdom, which is one of the best countries in the world for for opportunities for education. Uh, you know, if you compare it, we're very much in the minority of people who can who have opportunities you know at our doorstep whenever we need them um or you know pretty much fairly distributed as well there's no sort of discrimination anymore uh, i think we're very lucky to have that and I, I think it's very easy for people to to go oh these bloody migrants coming over here blah 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 you know what i mean uh, throwing that sort of argument about i think that's highly ignorant though we we've like i say we're very very lucky i can't imagine what it's like for someone living in a country, say in the Middle East, which is obviously where you know the lion's share of these these migrants and refugees are coming from. Um, I couldn't imagine what it's, what it would be like to for for the area I live in uh, to be bombed, to be attacked, to be a war zone. Essentially, I could I couldn't imagine you know my house being blown to bits. It's it's just absolutely unfathomable for someone you know for someone for people like us as much as we can sympathize with it we can never really put ourselves in those people's shoes and i think that's why it's important for us to welcome these people uh you know with open arms because they fled an absolutely dis- like horrible horrible situation uh and i think just on a human level the very least we can do is offer them a safe haven um you know we're not it's complete bollocks when people say we're full we're not full that's complete shite. Um, it's just a cop out argument. There's, you know, there's there's plenty of places where these people can live. Also, I hate when people go, "Oh, well, we've got homeless people on the streets." Right? Okay, that's a completely separate issue. Yeah. That's you can't. Yeah, I. Oh, there's homeless people, so we can't have any migrants in. Bollocks. We can solve both issues at once. Well, the government should be solving both issues, right? You need to direct your anger at someone else. The, the thing I have with migrants is they're used as a scapegoat. Migrants are refugees, they're used as a scapegoat. And like you say earlier with the whole media thing, the right-wing media love using them as a scapegoat. Even with Brexit, right? I'm not saying the entire Brexit argument was based on, uh, you know, stoking up divisions uh, on a sort of ethnic level, level, you know, between between British people and, uh, and immigrants. But, you know, a, a fair chunk of it was. It was, it, you know, the, the right wing, the people, the Brexiteers knew what they were, knew the kind of demographic they were trying to tap into. And they knew the whole narrative of these people coming over, taking our jobs, we need to take back control of our borders. They knew that would be very, very favourable and would work very well. Um, and I just think it's, it's sometimes you've got to take the politics out of issues and just look at these people as people because they are people uh, who are fleeing very, very desperate situations like I say, we can never put ourselves in these people's shoes. So who are we to judge the situation that has led them to get in a boat? Probably isn't very safe as well, which is worth mentioning, to get in a boat and come over to our shores because they see our country as somewhere safe for them. If anything, we should be taking that as a compliment because we should be thinking, right, these people genuinely see hope here. And that's surely the kind of, place we want to be fostering we want to be fostering somewhere that's that you know conveys itself as welcoming and somewhere where people uh, can have opportunity and it is i believe you know the vast majority of people are welcoming um but i yeah i i just think we should people it it, it makes me quite angry when when people who are 
probably sitting in their you know lovely house in Surrey, five bed or whatever, sit there and go, oh, why are these migrants coming to our country? You do not know half of what these people have gone through. Even a, even a small small fraction of that struggle, you could not comprehend. So do you know what? Let these people, if they feel safe here, let them let them come as far as i'm concerned it's not it's not the biggest issue i'm not worried about you know the country getting overrun with migrants because frankly that's complete bollocks and it's not going to happen um yeah that's uh, that's my piece i think um very well said mate yeah you're spot on there with everything you said just on like a personal note as well i'm just going to say this like personally speaking like these people who who get stoked up by the right-wing media they like to see themselves as like patriots like like english or british patriots whatever right I'd like to consider myself like, a, I wouldn't say I'm a British patriot, but definitely an English patriot. I grew up, England was the country I was born in. I grew up in the north of England. Who I am today is because I like, a lot of it is because I'm English. I've managed to go to university. I've managed to get a good job. I've got a nice life. And this country has aided to that. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a nationalist because I'm not, but I'm definitely a patriot, right? And when I hear, like, the, and another thing that I base my sort of English patriotism on is inclusion like the togetherness of the country, like look at the, the, the Euros recently, like stuff like that. That is what I base my English patriotism on. So when I hear people say things about migrants or like just racist things in general, not only is it absolutely disgusting, that directly insults me. I, I feel insulted by that because it's like I base the, the fact that I'm proud of being an, a Northern, especially a Northern English person on the inclusiveness of and the togetherness that I have seen that we can be. So when I see things like this, especially with the, with the Pretty Patel thing like that, I see that as a direct insult on me as a person, not just on my political beliefs and other people who I associate with politically. I see that as an, an insult to me personally. So, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely crazy that, I mean, you can have your own opinions on immigration. I'm not expecting everyone to be like, oh, let's just let everyone in from everywhere else because that's clearly never going to happen and I would never be an advocate of saying, let's just let everyone who's poor from another country come here because that's quite clearly never going to happen and it would it's unsustainable. But for people, like you just said then, these people are like getting on little dinghies and going across God knows how far. Most of them probably probably die or fall off. Or I mean, like remember that little boy who ended up washing up on the shore of England who'd fallen off a migrant boat. How could you, like like you said, from a humanistic point of view, forget politics. How can you see something like that and be like, oh fuck them? Like mm. how? I just, I just don't know how you, you could have can that we... feeling. How are you not just feeling sad about that and thinking mm. more can be done about yeah. this? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, go on, Sam. I completely agree. But on the issue of do we not slightly have to have a half an hour, maybe not uh, clamping down slightly on just the illegal part of it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. For no. Illegal system. No, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. And you both, you both said it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good thing, and I completely agree that these people want to come here, mm. and and even with cases like the NHS and other jobs, these people come and they do the work that yeah. some British people think they're too good to do, or some English people think they're too good to do, and stuff like this. So. Do but do we have to slightly clump down? Maybe, and it has been. Milton Connor, you said it's dropped from eight thousand to five three thousand. But mm. do we have to start? Maybe, maybe just keep half an hour. No, I mean, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, what I what I was saying with the whole, you know, I, I like I said, I said, you know, these people should be welcome to this country, and I fully agree that they should be. Um, but a hundred percent, I think you know, legal and legitimate avenues are the best way to do that. A hundred percent. Of course they are. But I think there's a lot to be said for the desperation these people find themselves in when, when oh, like no. I say, that they're... And I think it's partly to do with the... When you take a hardline approach on immigration, like this Conservative government have done, um, and obviously people have their own opinions on that, when you take a hardline approach on immigration and people who are potentially looking at coming to this country, they're going to think, right, do you know what? I, I, if this is... You know, if this is the way this, this country is going to be... They probably think at the moment we're not the most welcoming we have ever been to these individuals. Okay. So they're probably going to think, Do you know what, we may as well get over there uh, by whatever means is, is necessary. hundred percent. I think le you know, legitimate ways are the best way to pursue it because then actually it's better for the people who are doing it because they, they obviously get, uh, you know, they can be entitled to certain sort of benefits and things like that, which, you know, are obviously is going to uh, be, be of great benefit to themselves. Um I, I do think we you, we you do need to, you know, ensure that 
people aren't coming here illegally en masse. Obviously, I'm not advocating every single person, like Liam said, I'm not advocating every single person from every single deprived country starts coming over here. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, it's 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 important to, I don't know, I, I guess the hardline stance is is, you know, it's potentially beneficial in the sense that you know who's coming over here but at the end of the day you've got to come back to the point that these people are just so desperate they'll try and get over here in any way possible and I think we've got a like we say this is a political decision from the Conservative government to, to pursue the immigration policies they are they are pursuing um, and I think they're just they're getting distracted no I think I, I was just finished up they're getting distracted from the actual humanity of the issue that you know migrants and refugees are because it's a, it's a humanitarian crisis yeah on a side note as well like even not from just a like a might like a, a legal migrant point of view the sort of general attitude towards even legal migration from this current government is that is quite negative so i saw recently um Sajid, one of Sajid Javid's, I think, I think she's an assistant or something, or she's high up, she's, she's a, one of the decision makers. She come out and outright just said, I want to end uh, the UK's reliance on foreign, uh, on the need for foreign nurses and doctors. That in itself yeah, is just like, that. that's the thanks that you have for these, these people who are coming from all over the world to come and help on shitty money, let's be honest, shitty money, shit hours probably slightly better from where they're coming from, but it's still long and tough. And that's the the gratitude that you have for them. It's just like, well, we don't fucking want these people here anymore. We want to try and have more homegrown. As long as like people in this country are being looked after, who cares who's looking after you? Why does it matter? So it's not even just from like an illegal standpoint. I, I fully get Sam's point about you can't just like, we can't just open the floodgates to everyone and everyone, but surely there's a more human way of if we can't accept these people from assisting them in finding somewhere else to live, even if they can't live here, than just being like, oh, just send them back to wherever they've come from. Yeah. Which, like Connor said, they're escaping war zones and stuff, most of these people. You're always going to get a few slip through the cracks who have like snuck through from somewhere else who are just trying to, well, make a few quid or whatever. But even then, they're, they're probably coming from somewhere that's a shitty situation. And yeah, like, it's it's not just not just that, is it? It's, it's just the general attitude towards immigrants in general from this government actually, yeah. not even just legal ones yeah, yeah. definitely I would even definitely. say this country generally I think there's well, we'll round up in a second I generally no, yeah. this is attitude in this country yeah. also and I, I I come from a you know, family sometimes people I was like Gee, come on I have to bite my tongue ever so often like, sometimes I call it out but sometimes I have family family it's easy to just be like just like don't have an argument with them and just be like just look it's, they sometimes people with family come out some things it's a bit like come on you to get to yeah. 21st century just sort of yeah it's just definitely an attitude problem and I, I don't particularly think it's helped by the current government that we've got got in power but you know you might you might well dispute that Sam. but there you go um i'm not, not going to dispute yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> now go on say, <laughs> <your> <laughs> say what you want to say no 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 no, no. no was, all i was going to say was i and i i think i think i keep saying for this whole this whole episode today are these saying oh it's um the older generations it's mm. all of this all of this and i look at my I, I think with that i look at myself as like all right i'm a young conservative i'm a young i'm a, I'm a conservative voter I, like i said i'm not sure if i'll vote in the next election mm. but that's a different issue tell me you um, don't have a girlfriend without telling me but, you don't have a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's i had to right. do it it's because um, you said i'm a young conservative i had to get in there crack yeah, on um no, but like i don't I like to think that I have more progressive oh, views of the current government's displaying. So I like to think that any other people in my generation who are going to be voting conservative now or potentially in the future are going to be a bit more, are hopefully far more accommodating and far more welcoming and far more progressive views than what this current, and we said it earlier, very far right government is proof. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Sam, as well? This is just like a completely off the cuff question. Um, over like the past 20 years in UK politics um, that, that you've looked into, out of all the, like, the sort of conservative, whether they're an MP or a former PM, who do you think would be the best person to be like a progressive conservative prime minister in terms of like rights for, well, foreigners, like gay rights, everything else? Who do you think is like a particularly progressive conservative MP or former PM? 
former PM, I, I I like to think that I my views kind of align quite a bit of uh, mm. David Cameron to an extent. Um, I'm currently reading his book, um, but yeah, I, I just quite like. I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't say that. It's difficult to go down to a lone MP though. I think it's easy to look at like a cabinet or a government in total. We've had Cameron, Theresa May, which was just an utter failure, and now Boris Johnson. So I think maybe probably Cameron. Yeah. The, thi- the thing with from it. just from progressive, not maybe necessarily from. I think he was also a, a, he was a a victim of the time that he was in, and that's when you're looking at like a UKIP rise and the EU or anti-EU. Grow, like mood growing the country so I think he's a victim of that to an extent uh, um, he, was a, he was a Remainer he wanted like these open borders to an extent with the EU um, so I think it's yeah I think for me probably just be do you think Cameron. Theresa May is in the same bracket as um, she was just she, obviously she was an absolute failure at the time but do you think that she was sort of dealt a shit hand with the, the state of the country as well because surprisingly like last few months I've actually seen her stand up in Parliament a few times and give the odd speech. And she, actually, as far as Conservatives go, she she seems quite progressive as well. Um, I'd agree. I don't think she was ever meant to be Prime Minister. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think she's she wasn't strong enough, was she really? No. So yeah. I think, I, and I agree. I've been watching her talking in Parliament, being a bit like, Jesus, well, where is this back when yeah. this when you were Prime Minister? I just don't think that she had. Yes, it was a shit hand and a shit time, but she was also a complete utter failure. Like dancing out on stage and shit like that. I don't think she was ever meant to be prime minister. If I'm being honest, if someone's come up to me now and said Theresa May would to be PM again tomorrow and get rid of that absolute fucking moron out, you'd rip the hand off, wouldn't you? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. There you go. I think uh, we'll finish up with a new game that I have invented. Well... Sort of stolen, actually. So let's hope we don't get a copyright claim. Um, anyway, instead of higher or lower, because we kind of lost track of that. Um, I mean, I lost track of it. Joel never, well, Joel never showed up. Yeah, that. but he was always on like different episodes and it was just got a bit weird. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, so the new game that we are making, I may, we should have like a theme tune for it, but I can't be asked. Um, <laughs> the new game is called, it's called Fake News. Basically, the premise of the game is I am going to tell you a political headline and I'll give you a bit of background to this political headline. You've got to tell me whether it's true or whether it's fake news. So some of them will be real. Some of them will be completely fabricated. Um, So let's go with the first one. Uh, The headline reads as follows. Married politician flirted with member of opposition on Tinder. This was in 2017. And it was uh, an advisor to the Conservative MP, uh, John Barron. And essentially, he was caught out for sending messages on Tinder to a female Labour MP, even though he was married. Um, and basically the, the, the tabloids, they got a hold of it and okay. published a story with that headline. So what we're saying, is that is that real or is that fake news? Sam, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm just just thinking at the moment. Uh, just thinking. Liam, what are your, your initial thoughts? I'll go fake news. I'm, you go. I lean towards fake as well. You lean towards fake news? Yeah. You're both, both saying fake news? Yeah. You're both correct. Well yeah. done. Completely fabricated. Um, was, uh, did, is John? But was John Barron actual MP? I think he might have been. Yeah. Hang on. Because I, I was, I was thinking. I was like, hang on. I don't recognise that name. That's why I was like. That's why when you asked, I was like, I'm thinking. Hang on. John Barron MP. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. He's member of Parliament for Basildon and Billericay. Billericay. That's it. There you go. <laughs> so that's it. A couple of, couple of points. I'm, well, I can't be asked to do points, to be honest. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I might. I might. Makes it funny. I'll, I'll, I'll say you both got a point there. There we go. Um, also, the anti-lockdown World Cup is coming oh, to its mate. conclusion. Coming to its conclusion this evening. I've just posted, actually, the uh, semi-final. So, I mean, by the time you listen to this, you'll have known who's won. Um, but, yeah, I've just posted the first semi-final, which is between Julie Hartley Brewer and Peter Hitchens. And Julie Hartley Brewer is storming it, 83 to 17%. Be, in the on. second... Yes. I've just the, voted 84%. 
What, for Jumping Julia Hartley Brewer? Oh, no, I love a bit of Pete Hitchens. Um, and the second semi-final is Dan Sharp versus Sasha Lord, our very own Dan Sharp. Uh, what's my prediction? For the, no, the other semi-final, for the, uh, the Dan Sharp one. I, my prediction is Dan Sharp's going to win the semi-final and win the entire thing. Yeah, I think he's got a, He's got a good Twitter back in. Yeah, to be fair, I was going to say Sasha, but then Adam Brooks could have retweeted it and just won against... He could have done, but he was a nice guy. Yeah, Adam Brooks and Bob Moran now follow it. I was a bit, bit gassed when that happened. To be honest, I did have a little found. Pat yourself in the back. Didn't. I haven't replied to my DMs. Asked me to come on the. Ask him to come on the podcast though. Okay, so. Have you said how many followers he has? So like he's got thousands of DMs. Yeah, it's probably true. Probably true. But there you go. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining us, gents. Sam, have you enjoyed? Uh, you enjoyed your time? I always do, mate. I always do. Good stuff. Good stuff. Liam, what about yourself? Yeah, of course. Best podcast on the web, isn't it? You know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly, right? mate. Exactly. One. There you go. Best served opinionated. Who the fuck is Joe Rogan, mate? That's, uh... oh, oh, talking about Joe Rogan, do you see him on his Instagram? No. He what? put a picture of him. So, like, sorry. He uh, yeah. put out a picture of uh, him basically crashing Twin Towers. What? Yeah. Uh, how <laughs> is it? Is this it? Hey. Um, no, that's not it. You got to show us now. Oh, no, please, please say he took it down. Did it's he delete a picture it? of him like sat down next? Oh, there we are. Sat down next to the Twin Towers. Everyone just go look at Joe Rogan's Instagram. It's from three days ago. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> He's interviewing and, the Twin Towers. He's interviewing the Twin Towers as they crash. And this was an interview to interview a burning man. <laughs> I'm just like, but like the, the comments, like, everyone's like loving it. And it's like, everyone's like, I would have thought like, He'd be getting to- no, they're, they're about to cancel Joe. He can Joe, get away. Joe he can get away with anything. Yeah, he won't cancel himself. He's got like. Yeah, I wonder. I'd love to see his analytics for his podcast. He's definitely got like millions per episode. Yeah, yeah, you try and get him on the podcast. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> yeah, send him a message now. How mate. far do you? How far do you think my reach is, mate? <laughs> mate, I'll, I'll message him. I'll. Say. Oh, all right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> sort his sort his oh, money out, sort his money out for him while you're at it. Yeah. Right. We'll wrap it up there thank you very much for joining us we hope you've enjoyed this episode um we are on social media we are at a pint of politics on twitter we are also pint of politics on instagram uh also on tiktok pint of politics uh i'm gonna stop plugging the facebook and the linkedin because i'm gonna take them down awesome. i yeah. think no one's really no one interacts really with I, i'll keep the linkedin but i'm gonna take down the facebook um i'm not gonna plug it don't really bother um to be honest it's not worth it but do bother with our website which is www.partnerpolitics.wordpress.com i just published an article about it actually yesterday which is uh, a bit of a reflection on the lockdown and uh a bit of a character assassination on somebody's pro lockdowners, if that's the kind of thing you're interested in. Um, but anyway, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you again next week. Cheers. Mm-hmm.